And God so loved the world that he gave, gave us a book. And that book would speak of his great character and his great love for us all. So why don't we stand together and we'll read God's word this morning. If you're new to our fellowship and you did not need, know to get one of these as you came in, will you just raise your hand? One of our members is going to give you their copy. We read this together aloud and with great voice. Anybody not have one of these? Okay, all together now. Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. Then the king gave orders. Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. Then the king went off to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no entertainment was brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. You'll be seated and find a Bible, please, and turn to Daniel chapter 6 for a larger reading. Come to me, take my yoke, you'll find rest. Come to me, says Jesus, take my yoke on your neck, you'll find rest. His enemies knew that the only way to trap Daniel was to use his religion. It's an old word. It's a good word. It's the same word as ligament or ligature. Religion means to bind, to constrict, to narrow, to uh, hold close. In the beginning, that's what religion will do to you. You come to God in through the path that he's given us, and it will tie you down. It will narrow your road. It will take away your choices of what you're going to do Friday night or Sunday morning. You will feel like you have a yoke on your neck, said Jesus. It will feel heavy at first. How I love thy law, says the psalmist, but no modern ever says it that way, because we don't love law. We don't love that God would have limitations or restrictions on our life. We want to be free. You can be anything you want to be, we tell our children. We tell them you don't have to live or negotiate under any restrictions. You are an absolutely free moral agent. And even as we say it to them, we know that's not true. All of us have built-in limitations. All of us have certain things that we do better than others and we... We live best by adjusting underneath them rather than ignoring them altogether. And soon, those of us who declare our freedom the most find that we are the most enslaved. People who say, I just want to be me, end up being caricatures of themselves. It gets smaller and smaller and more narrow and more narrow. It doesn't lead to freedom. It leads to addiction Slavery, narrowness, an inner prison. We see that so many times people who are saying, I want to do it my way, they end up doing it the way the world's always done it. Just small little prison cells of our own mind. Now here's the sweet irony. Hear the gospel. The brilliant author of life has written it a different way. The way to find freedom is to lose it. 
to attach yourself to someone larger than you and better than you, some greater story. And in that loyal love, by loving something larger than yourself, you experience enormous freedom. Freedom of your conscience, freedom of your imagination, freedom of your energies. It doesn't make sense at first. To, to accept a yoke on your neck is going to discover by your own experience just this remarkable freedom that comes because now you belong to the one who made you. For years, our story today, Daniel has been tied to God. He's bound tight. He prays, well, religiously. Three times a day, the New Testament will call it praying without ceasing. Prayer is not, for Daniel, something he does. Prayer is the essential quality of his personal relationship with God. He speaks, he listens, he, he walks in concert, he lives with God, and prayer is one of the ways that he does that. Daniel, was it hard for him at times? Yes, I think so. Were there days that he didn't necessarily feel like going to pray? Probably. But he has decided that the way to live life is to do it with God. To live with God in fellowship with God, in cooperation with God, in union with God. And so we seek his counsel, we express our thanks. This is... Contrary to what you see most of the time, this is God in the center of life rather than the side. This is God who is not a band-aid. This is God as the essential oxygen of a different way to live. That's how Daniel prayed. And this morning, I simply want you to consider what would life be if you took that wisdom for yourself? If you and I this morning took what Daniel understood, and we lived it ourselves. What happens when people pray? Well, for one thing, you get a better city and a better story. Three times a day, in season and out of season, when it was convenient and when it wasn't, when he felt like it and when he didn't, Daniel would go up on the roof of his house, and there were three windows opened out to the west. And he would kneel there to pray beside those windows. Same place every day, same perspective on life every day, three times. And what you're doing, if you're in Persia and you're looking west, is you look over 700 miles of mostly desert, but you're looking at Jerusalem. You're looking at the city that God decided to put at the center of his story with the human race. Now, you can argue with the Lord about this. I don't give you a whole lot of chance of success, but you can argue with him. But for some reason of great wisdom, God has decided that his story written into the human race is going to center in that city. It'll be that city where King David reigns. It'll be that city where the Lord Jesus is crucified and resurrected. It'll be that city. That's where his story is going to be. So Daniel, three times a day, kneels, and he thinks about that God at work in the world. Now, Muslims do the same thing when they pray to Mecca. But I don't think it's physical orientation as much as it is spiritual. It is the deep engagement of your imagination and will with that God. You think about him. You deal with him. You consider what he's doing in this world right now and 
how he made you to be a part of it. It is the deep engagement of your imagination and your will with that God and his promises. Now, most of us have tried the other way to pray uh, and without much satisfaction. Um, the other way to pray, very different than Daniel's way, is to pray with your feet on the ground. You're sort of locked in this world and you pray to that great God about your needs, your fears, your ambitions, your requests. It's, but the story never gets big. It's always still about you. It's always still about you, your little family, your little nation. It never gets large. The narrative, you never find an orbit around a larger star. Well, see, that's what Daniel used prayer for. Prayer for him was to go engage actively and deeply with that great God and speak to him and listen. The power of prayer is to let a larger story into your head and heart. To plant a seed and let it grow stronger every day. For 22 years, I've been saying to you, let's build a church. 22 years. And what we were really saying then was, let's build a colony of the future world. For all the admitted flaws of the church and the times that we are selfish or petty. The church of Jesus Christ is still the only place where you can hear the songs of Zion. It's the only place where you can hear the word of God spoken to the men and women that he made. It's the only place where you can see actively the work of a risen, present Christ saying, you go mentor at Lamar. You go do disaster relief. You go fill a backpack for a child. You see the active love of God working in his very imperfect people. Well, that's what Hebrews 11 said. Abraham, every city he would come to would say, is this it, God? Are we here? Am I home yet? God would say, no. He was looking for a city, everyone that wasn't built by human hands. He's looking for a city that the real participation of a lovely present, alive God is really there. He's looking for a place where God is really present, touching people's hearts, changing their attitudes, shaping them into people for eternity. That's what he was looking for. I, I, I'm looking for that city and to be part of that story. Sing with me. There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith we shall see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. Now you sing. In the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. That's what happens when you pray. You get a better city. You get a better story. But is that all? Is the sweet by and by all that we have? No. Is that the only deliverable? No. 
when you pray, you get a better spirit and you do a better service in this very pragmatic world. Years later, the Apostle Paul will say, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And he'll say, and there's no law against any of those. There's no restrictions. You don't need a restriction on any of those. You're, you're free to have as much of those as you can because they're infinitely good. You don't have to limit like speed on a highway. Speed's good. We don't travel in covered wagons anymore, but it has to be limited. You can't drive 110 on 281. It has to be pulled back. But everybody, you don't have to be on a patient's diet. You don't have to be on a love budget. Uh, it's not, it's unlimited in its goodness. What I'm telling you this morning is there is no boundary for how much you ought to grow in God. There isn't any outward limit of how big you can, your heart can get or how sweet or dear or real. You, nobody says to you, oh, that's far enough. You, you come far enough. No, it's just as, it's, it's as, it's like it never happened. It's, it's new every morning. And so, and the reason that happens is because an infinite spirit comes to live in your heart. You trust yourself for this life and you'll feel so frustrated. You preach yourself, be patient, be patient, be patient. And I know there's some parts of this that yield to the will, but you say to yourself, love the unlovely, love the unlovely, love the unlovely. You'll just be frustrated because the only way to, that ever happens is when an infinitely good God with an infinitely sweet supply just bubbles up in your heart and he begins to shape your life after himself. And so when you pray, and by the way, that's how Jesus said you get this, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What if a church just began to say, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Dwell here in great glory. Dwell, live here, touch people's hearts, convict them of sin, call them to yourself. What if a church began to say, come live among us in the fullness of your spirit in every heart? What would that be like? Daniel, the Bible will say, had an extraordinary spirit. And so he took that spirit of God and he made him a great public servant. He was great at government. So please don't tell Daniel that you're too busy to pray, please. He was the third president, one of three presidents of this enormous empire. Every Monday when he got up, he had budget meetings to attend, the Rotary Club to address, CNN wanted an interview, famines on the far country and treaties to sign. Please don't tell me that you're busier than he was. He said, no, you get lost in all that stuff and next year there'll be another treaty to sign and after that will be another famine. You get lost in life and you forget what life is or where it is. And so three times a day, here was this godly man, just as busy as he can be. He's kneeling in that place because he remembers that if you don't have the Spirit of God living in your life, there's no way you're going to live a supernatural life. And when you pray, a deeper peace and a higher power comes. When the nefarious law was passed, I know you're shocked that sometimes politics is more about personal gain and personal hatred than the regard for the nation. Anybody shocked? Are you shocked here that sometimes laws are not really about the good of anybody? They're about anger. 
when the nefarious law is passed, there's no confusion in his heart. Watch me here. Sometimes we pray because we need peace. Sometimes we pray because we have peace. We just know how we're going to do this. We just know what is right. And so Daniel is calm and certain. And um, when the king with a small K contradicts the king with a capital K, then he loses our loyalty. When the king with the small K contradicts the king with a capital K, he loses our loyalty at that place. And so, uh, like every other day of his life, Daniel gets up, washes his face, gets his gym shorts on, and goes and kneels beside those windows up on the balcony of his house. Then came the arrest. Then he sees the king and his friend, how upset he is, how distressed the king is. Then he's thrown into a den, and this is Daniel's own word, God sent an angel. Go with me for a second. Did he see that angel? I hope so. Did he, did he see, here's all these lions, and then all of a sudden there's this glowing presence. And this angel says, shh, 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 to those lions. Or maybe he takes his hand around the muzzle of this roaring lion. He says, stop, 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 stop. Did Daniel see that? I hope so. What, whatever it was, he was aware that God had acted for his welfare. Now, be careful. Sometimes God delivers people from danger. Sometimes he delivers people through it to the other side to a different kind of safety. The night that Jesus died, he said, um, if I ask, he's going to send 12 legions of angels. Now, you think about that firepower. If one of these glorious beings says to these lions, you quit it. Twelve legions of them coming. Jesus said, he told me he'd send me twelve legions if I needed them. But Jesus doesn't pray that prayer. Because he's decided that for him, his assignment is to walk on through death and accomplish by his death what he never could have accomplished in his life. And you and I will get to that place. Unless the Lord comes, you'll get to that place where death is the next thing for you. It's the next thing in line for you. And so he's resolved now. He said, if I love you, I love your will for me no matter what it is. And so Daniel sees God work. Sometimes the power of God is best expressed in just patience. No sensational miracle. Have you ever thought about this? But an oak tree usually doesn't have very many spectacular years. An oak tree just does this. before long it's this giant in your front yard uh, an oak tree just just grows sometimes if the power of God was really working in your life you just go back to your assignment you just take it up again you let the spirit of God give you that assignment again you would do it with all your heart because this is going to be your story and sometimes power is influence on others you watch this story Darius is fascinated with this young man maybe he's an old man I don't know he is fascinated. He says, your God will help you, Daniel. Your God will help you. And that night when he goes home, I think as he fasts and struggles, he's trying to imitate Daniel's prayer life. He's trying to say, what kind of life does this man live? And how could I encounter that same God to help him? That's what happens uh, when we pray. People are influenced by us. 
Um, you really can try as hard as you want. You can try as hard as you want with the Christian life. You can be as good as you are, as kind as you are. And, but the thing that really catches people's attention if they're lost is the sweet smell of something supernatural in your life. It's, it's something unexplainable. It's intangible. It's the presence of the Holy One in your life. And Darius is fascinated by this man. And, and he makes this remarkable statement for a pagan. He says, nobody's like this guy. Nobody is like this. And the story is that God delivers, he rescues, but Jesus saves. That's what we... The great God has one agenda, and that is to save you out of darkness into light. He just has one. He, wherever you are, whoever you are, he just has one agenda always, and that is to save you, to make you his own in a personal relationship with you. But my proposal to you this morning is that God rescued Daniel a long time before this night. When he really rescued Daniel was when he rescued him from worldliness, from the autonomous self, from trying to fly solo when God made you to be a partner with the eternal one. That's your plan. That's your hope of glory, is that you would walk with God the rest of your days this morning, God is inviting every one of us to come walk this eternally upward path. You can do it. You can do it. Don't you let the enemy whisper that you can't do it. The only problem will be your sinful heart. You cannot have your sin and your stubbornness and have this path too. You'll need to let go. You'll need to surrender and believe and start down this path that he's calling you to. Come to me. It'll feel like a yoke. It'll end up in freedom. Come to me. I'll give you rest. Ready to pray? Let's pray. Great God, thank you so much for your steadiness. Over the years, like a pulsating star, you've been sending that same light into this world that you are calling men and women, this nation and all nations. Uh, those who speak English, those who speak Burmese and Spanish and Swahili, those who, every person made in your image, you're sending that pulsing signal into their life. Come to me. Come to my son. I will give you life. I'll give you rest. And the way we'll best see that is in our daily exchange with you in prayer, we will both, we'll kneel, we'll call you Lord. We will uh, hear your voice. We'll learn your word. We'll say our fears and our praise. And when we kneel from that, we'll be stronger and better. So help us today. Say again, people who are watching on the internet, maybe they're far away from here, but they're not far away from you. Call them to yourself this morning. People who are not yet followers of Christ and struggle somehow to find freedom without the one who sets people free. So call them to yourself today.